0: Hey everybody, this is Alan. We are still on a production break, working hard to get new episodes ready for you. In the meantime, we're bringing back some of our all-time favorite episodes. And this week we're talking about the binational film scene, in part because the San Diego Latino Film Festival is actually happening right now. Through September 27th, the festival, which is going to be all virtual this year because of covid is offering all sorts of fun stuff like virtual screenings of movies, short films, Q&A's with filmmakers, Latin music concerts, and more. Check out estilatinofilm.com for details if you wanna go. If you like the show, you're really gonna like a lot of these films. I highly recommend it. I've been in the past few years and I love it. Let's get to it. Enjoy. Los Angeles is a giant when it comes to making movies. Here in San Diego and Tijuana, we're stuck under the huge shadow of L.A. It's hard to compete with Hollywood unless you're like Canada or New Mexico, two places that have aggressively and successfully gone after the film industry by luring production companies with big tax breaks and other financial incentives. But think about it. The border has good bones for eventually becoming a film mecca. It's one big, super diverse place that offers access to two really different backdrops. Plus, shooting a film in Mexico is a lot cheaper. And there's not as much red tape when it comes to permits. Unfortunately, though, a lot of large-scale production companies only think about the border when they're thinking about movies or TV shows about narcos and drugs. Case in point, Netflix's new series named Tijuana. Lots of filmmakers only see the Mexico-U.S. border as a backdrop for stories about drug cartel violence. It's become such a trope that narco fatigue is a term now. Folks are exhausted by news and pop culture about the drug trade in Mexico. Yeah, it's a huge issue here, but it's just way overdone.
1: You know, you're either a zombie, a prostitute, a migrant, or, or a narco. You know, those are the roles. Or dead body, dead body, you know.
0: Locally, though, some filmmakers like Omar Lopez are using the border to their advantage, making movies that have nothing to do with narcos. And that trend is starting to pick up some steam thanks to efforts by local film groups that are working hard to boost filmmaking in our binational region.
2: Hopefully, that helps create more of a cross border collaboration. If we can get through the mental border, <laughs> if we can go, okay, it's okay to go down to Mexico, and I'm gonna survive. Um, I think there'll be a lot more collaboration, but that that border can can really shut people down.
0: I'm Alan Lilienthal, and you're listening to Only Here, a KPBS podcast about art, culture, and life at the Western Hemisphere's busiest border crossing. Today, a story about filming across borders. Only here will you find filmmakers in San Diego and Tijuana using the border as a valuable resource instead of a janky prop. More after the break.
3: Donations come in many forms a sustaining membership, a one time gift, even that extra vehicle you no longer need. Learn more about the advantages of donating a vehicle. Here's how go to kpbs.careasy.org or call 877 kpbs car.
4: Okay.
0: Omar Lopez is shooting on an old 16-millimeter analog film camera. We're at a soccer field in a quiet neighborhood of Tijuana called Colonia Lázaro Cárdenas. Is that your film camera?
1: Uh, this one, yeah.
0: Is it
1: 35?
0: Or even? Uh, no, it's 16.
1: That's really cool. Where are you going to process and all that? Uh, it's called Photo Camp,
0: uh, Burbank. Omar and his crew have shot a lot at this location using the nearby staircase, hill, and canyon as sets for their film, which takes place in a fantastical universe where only women exist. Omar is already done with the actors and the bigger shoots. Today, he and his stunt driver are out getting some B-roll and other behind-the-scenes footage they need.
4: We're
1: gonna take his bug and uh, do some shots over here on the hill and the canyon. Yeah, that? Beautiful red bug over there. We're gonna go down the hill uh, and I'm going to ride on top of the, the hood of the car and then do some close-ups like, while it's driving down the hill. And then down at the bottom of the canyon, I'm going to drive behind him and, uh, and get a shot at him driving through the neighborhood.
0: The road they're filming is windy and peppered with houses that seem to be just barely clinging to the cliff. After Omar gets the first shot, we head to a convenience store at the bottom of the canyon so he can get the next shot.
1: So this is a hood mount to, uh, to put the camera to, like right on top of the hood. And I'm going to follow him when he drives and get a shot of the car driving through the neighborhood.
0: This is Omar's first ever feature-length film, and there was never any question about where he was going to shoot it. There's really no other place he'd rather be making a movie than here in Tijuana.
1: It's a different way of life here, you know, it's not so many rules and restrictions. And I think people are just a lot more willing to that sort of, you know, like let's let's do something, let's get this done sort of spirit
3: it spills out into everything else.
0: Omar was a visual artist for years before he decided that making movies is what he wants to do. He grew up in San Diego, but both his parents are from Mexico. So growing up, he spent a lot of time in Tijuana, hanging out with his grandma. That's why he feels so at home here. When Omar did make that switch from art to film, he says he used the city of Tijuana as the starting point for his first full-length movie. He says the city and all its quirks and problems tenacity, and hidden beauty inspired the entire plot of his film. And Tijuana also allowed him to overcome financial and bureaucratic obstacles, too. Back in our studio in San Diego, Omar explained just how big of a role TJ has played in his movie. Shooting in TJ is a dream,
1: Uh, especially for someone with, you know, no budget and no permits. It feels like a city, and this is kind of like painting with a broad brush like it's mad it's a magical city but but really people want to do things if that makes sense like their game they're game for stuff so all the all the time you know we're shooting in in the street and we can't block off streets we we didn't pay for permits and things or so we have to wait for cars to be out of the way or people to be out of the way and you know we want to be really polite about it because we're showing up in just like suburban neighborhoods you know we're a small crew but we're just really just showing up and you know these people shouldn't have to, you know, move their whole lives for, for our shoot, and you know sometimes we'll we'll be standing there waiting like I remember this one time we're waiting like five minutes, longer because we couldn't get like these people out of, the back of a shot and this woman, who worked at a store, right there was watching us and she came up and she said, "Are you guys shooting a movie?" I said yeah. She says, "All these people are in your way, huh?" I said yeah, but you know what are you gonna do? No, 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 hold on, hold on. hey. I'm shooting a movie over here get out of the way and she went and she was like our you know like our traffic control and she had no she had nothing to get out of it she had no vested interest in it other than you know she saw someone trying to do something creative and and said you know i th- you know she was for it <laughs>
0: For those who've never been to Tijuana, I should probably take a minute to try to describe it. It's a mishmash of everything. You've got shacks and shanty towns in some parts and million-dollar mansions in others. You've got the beach, the desert, and sparkling new skyscrapers next to shells of skyscrapers that were only ever half built. Overall, the city looks somehow both post-apocalyptic but also futuristic at the same time. In many ways, it's still in the past, with chickens running around on dirt roads that cut across hillsides with apron-wearing abuelas. But the border city also gives us a glimpse of the future with its digital billboards, genre-defying architecture, and collision of world cultures.
1: It's sort of like a ready-made set. If you get out of the touristy areas, which are the parts that I'm more interested in, like the suburbs, everything's ready-made. You can put your camera anywhere you want, you know, without a script and just, like, start shooting and something will happen. Uh, And that was uh, a a large part of the idea of why I wanted to shoot down there. Um, It's just, it's a fantastic place, you know, like, you know, Tijuana's like, it's like a place kind of like a freedom. You know, I I was thinking about the border wall the other day, and, you know, it's kind of like for me, I'm very, very lucky uh, with my citizenship. It's sort of like the flip side of the coin. You know, instead of keeping Mexicans out of America, it kind of keeps America out of Mexico for me. Uh, Like, I don't know about you, but like when I cross, I feel really good, and like my phone doesn't work, so no one can get a hold of me, and like my chest feels bigger, my legs feel stronger. You know, there's twice as much smog and smoke but I still like I breathe better and I just feel good I think it's because I, I feel like Tijuana is like that it's like the it's like freedom from everything that's over here I feel very comfortable I like it um, it's like a like a you know it's a break from the you know straight lines and things in like San mm-hmm. Diego you know I could never shoot this film in San Diego it would never look the right way
0: Things just work differently in Tijuana. It's not pure anarchy. You can't get away with everything, but you can get away with lots of things you could never do in the US. Like for instance, writing your own permit for pyrotechnics like Omar did one day when he needed to blow something up for his film.
1: I have, I think I have a picture of it on Instagram. It was a it was a handwritten piece of paper that my producer wrote. We are going to be here at this day, this time doing techniques. It was just sort of like letting them know that, you know, if you see explosions here, it's not you know, criminals or you know, someone blowing stuff up. But we didn't pay
0: for it or anything. And and it worked perfectly fine. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The caveat was uh, the guy, you know, the cop that stamped it and stuff said, "Okay, it's not a permit." So if cops show up, which they did, if cops show up, you know, and you show them this, this isn't like a guarantee, it's not like a permit. It's, you know, it's something, but I can't guarantee you that it's fine. Cops didn't even stop, (laughs) they just drove by.
0: Omar is not on a crusade to get a bunch of filmmakers to think about recasting Tijuana as more than a city filled with drug cartels and violence. In fact, there is lots of violence and murders in his own movie. But the violence is not connected to Tijuana or the drug war in any way. He just knew he wanted to avoid addressing the border, immigration, narcos, and prostitution in his film. He's got narco fatigue, just like lots of people here who are tired of those tropes when it comes to movies and television shows set in Tijuana.
1: It was more just like that fatigue. It was, there's other stuff. You know, I could, if I made an, a narco movie, it'd just be one of another hundred narco movies. And everyone, all of my actors, you know, they they all work as extras and, and those things. And um, it's sort of nice in this movie that they get like bigger roles because they're always either, you know, you're either a zombie, a prostitute, a migrant or, or a narco. You know, those are the roles or dead body, dead body, you know.
0: Right now though, Omar is mostly the exception, not the rule. While there are some smaller and a few bigger production companies working on projects here, most folks in the local film industry agree that there's not nearly enough films being shot in Tijuana and San Diego. That's why two local film groups are working hard to boost the profile of the film scene at the border. More on that when we come back.
4: Long ago, when the public square was the only place to share news events and happenings, people were drawn to it. Living in community with others was the route to understanding each other and the world around us. The public square has changed dramatically, but our need to learn and understand one another has it.
0: This is Port
4: of Entry. The Parker Edison Project. Listener supported KPBS Cinema Junkie. Thank you for listening to KPBS podcast and for being part of our region's virtual public square, where you learn not only about the headlines of the day, but about culture, music, and the issues that are important to all of us. Help keep the virtual square alive and well. Support podcasts like the one you're listening to right now. Just go to kpbs.org, click the blue Give Now button, and make a donation. And thanks again.
0: Jodi Silly is a film educator and producer who years ago launched the industry group Film Consortium San Diego. She also produces the annual San Diego Film Awards. And full disclosure here, by the way, Jodi does some contract work for KPBS and helps the station find new film and podcast projects. Jodi is a huge promoter of the San Diego film scene, but somewhat ironically, she actually lives in Tijuana. That's part of why she sees the border as one big region perfect for making movies and TV. Right now, though, the two sides don't talk very much. She says the San Diego Film Consortium is working to help bridge that gap.
2: We've expanded our film consortium to include films from Tijuana and to Baja and to encourage this cross-border collaboration. I always joke, like, Film Consortium South or Film Consortium Tijuana, but... I could, you know, I could see this be a really great generator of content and, uh, and um, a great, or a big resource of, uh, for cast and crew and locations. We, what we've done in San Diego has grown our database out really uh, deeply. Like we've got, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people that we have in our database of local filmmakers. And I want to do the same thing down here. I want to be able to grow our resources list and our database of cast and crew that we can access and reach out to down here in Tijuana um, to the point where we can offer that to people that come to town and you know want to film something here. Mm. That to me uh, is, is the epitome of it. To me to feel comfortable and say, oh, okay, I can connect all the resources in San Diego to a TJ filmmaker and a TJ filmmaker can connect me with all the resources they have down here for crew and maybe local cast that I don't necessarily have access to. Um, I see that as a big step forward for us, actually start making films on both sides of the border.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Money is always the big challenge when it comes to making movies. It's hard to get it. She says Tijuana can help with that.
2: It's significantly cheaper to do just about anything down here. But I also think, you know, we need to grow the, the access to the resources. Like, how do I, if someone were to come down here and want to film something, where where's the crew that I can just go and talk to and that they're, they're ready and the cast and you know do we have a list of locations that we that we've already vetted that you know that are film friendly and affordable and uh, catering and you know all of that so really it's the growth of the the network that can be mobilized to produce something from you know if someone were to want to film on that side, this side of the border like shooting something down here is amazing in terms of your access to resources and uh food you know uh, locations everything is significantly cheaper and you get these i mean it looks like a movie set you've got these million dollar movie sets every direction you look down here from zombie apocalypse to to just like super rich you know mansions to you know casinos and Mm -hmm. stuff out of the 80s and 90s that doesn't exist in the u.s anymore exists here All over the place. Internet cafes. Mm -hmm.
0: But if it's so great and cheap to film south of the border, then why aren't more production companies north of the border doing it already? The film business in Tijuana has ebbed and flowed over the years. Famously, most of the Titanic was shot at an oceanfront movie studio south of Rosarito.
4: When the ship docks, I'm getting off with you.
0: And there's been a few other big one-off productions, like episodes of the television shows Charlie's Angels and more recently, Fear the Walking Dead. How did they get in
4: here?
0: And in the past few years, Netflix has been doing more and more work in Baja and Tijuana. Director René Bueno is currently working on Tijuana I Love You, a film made up of seven stories about different sins shot here in TJ. But crossing the border is still a huge leap for a lot of movie makers. Jody says it can be a hard obstacle for outsiders to overcome.
2: That wall is very mental. You know, it's physical, but it's very mental. And I think it it keeps people in the US and in any industry from considering the opportunities that are there on the other side as something they can access. Yeah, there is there's more and more and it's something we're working really hard to push.
3: Some of Hollywood's biggest stars are making their way to America's finest city as the San Diego Latino Film Festival takes over the Fashion Valley Mall.
4: It's an 11-day event filled with excitement.
3: My name is Moises Esparza, and I'm the exhibitions manager for the Media Arts Center San Diego. Moises Esparza watches
0: a lot of Latinx films. It's his job to find films for the annual San Diego Latino Film Festival and the dozens of other film events the center puts on throughout the year. But Moises watches a lot of movies made in Mexico for another reason. He's undocumented. And that means he isn't allowed to travel back to Mexico where he was born and lived until he was six. He says watching Mexican films is how he connects with a culture he's been cut off from by the border wall.
3: So in a way, I've used Latino film, specifically Mexican film, to feel connected to a place that's in many ways... In, in many ways, forbidden. Before crossing over, the last place I was was in Tijuana. So I have a memory that's, in a way, undermined by the films that I'm seeing now. And I like that it is undermined because it I associate my time in Tijuana with a very intense transition period in my life, even though I was very young. But I I knew the magnitude of the journey my family undertook to get there, and the journey that awaited for us on the other side. So, my memory of Tijuana, I think, is is a challenging one, and one that's not necessarily fair to to the city. Um, so, through my exposure to local films, I've come to appreciate Tijuana for all its beauty, really, and. Um, I've really come to respect all the artists that are that are working there all the filmmakers.
0: Moises says when he watches films set in Mexico or about Mexico, he gets emotional.
3: I feel nostalgic, which is a weird way to feel for a place where I feel like I didn't spend a lot of time of my life in, but nostalgia is really prevalent when I watch these movies even when they're filmed in States or cities and locales that I've never visited or have a very um, undeveloped understanding of, I feel I guess forlorn. I think if that's a word. I feel like I, like like I I, I really miss it. Um, so it it it's a bit bittersweet, uh, but I'm pleased that through cinema I'm able to maintain a a, a connection. And I don't think it's a, it's a superficial one um, because the films that I see through the call for entries of the San Diego Latino Film Festival um, or through my own um, you know, movies that I, I seek out ind- independently are all done with such craft and care and, and authenticity uh, that I feel like it allows me to create a pretty uh, substantial connection with Mexico. But then there's the emotional weight of reconnecting with family that I haven't been able to see in, I guess, now it's 22 years, maybe. Wow. So, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's a tough reality, but I think about uh, all the opportunities that I've had being in the United States. So I'm grateful, uh, but it does feel a bit... I guess my identity feels almost like a Tijuana identity where it's U.S. and also Mexico. And I feel like I'm U.S. and also Mexico because I think I'm I'm, I'm just kind of stuck in the middle.
0: Hmm. Is that frustrating to not be able to?
3: It's frustrating for sure. And sometimes I think about what type of person I would be or what experiences I've missed out on because I feel almost in a sense marooned from my mexican identity because i can't physically be there and i think the setting and location are so important to 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 understanding you know of of a place obviously um so yeah i feel it, it's frustrating for sure hmm.
0: Moises says there are some really great movies being made in the border region, but just like indie films everywhere, it can be hard for filmmakers to get distribution deals or otherwise find an audience. That's why the Media Arts Center has taken on the role of helping boost the border film scene. The annual film festival they produce includes a night dedicated to showcasing movies made by locals from both sides of the border.
3: We have a designated Frontera day, which is the Monday of the festival, and one of the you know, most impressive and also um, enlightening aspects of my job is being there on that day because you get to see these filmmakers in dialogue not only with the audience but also also with each other and you can get a sense that the audience really appreciates um, not only seeing their respective uh, city on screen but also how... These filmmakers are addressing issues that they wish that the audience wishes would be addressed almost on a more grander scale by by media in a sense. I do I do sense there's a there's a there's a sense of responsibility among Tijuana filmmakers. I've had the pleasure of meeting um, a substantial amount of them and they respect Tijuana so much that they don't want it to be Defined in very derivative forms. They don't want it to be defined by a place where violence is supreme or a place that's unlivable. What they want to do is make it apparent that Tijuana is a place where art thrives and that art is deeply connected to the struggle of it being a border city.
0: as someone who's seen a lot of films made right here at the border, Moises has spotted some commonalities and trends. He says filmmakers in San Diego and Tijuana often address issues that a binational audience understands and cares about. It's a perspective not often depicted on screen. And with increased interest in the border and Latinx issues, Moises says he expects a big uptick in demand for movies made
3: at the border in coming years. I think what I've seen is only the beginning of what I think is going to be a huge boom of films being created in Tijuana in the next coming years. I think we're on the verge of a movement here and I think the ind- the individuals who the filmmakers who have been on the ground making films with permits, without permits <laughs> on the weekends, at night after their actual jobs I think they are going to be sort of Grandfathers, the grandmothers of a larger cinematic movement that's going to to start in Tijuana.
0: Only Here is a KPBS podcast hosted by me, Alan Lilienthal. It was written and produced by Kinsey Morlin. Emily Jankowski is the director of sound design. Lisa Morissette is operations manager, and John Decker is the director of programming. Do us a favor, and if you like today's episode, tweet about it or post about it on Facebook. Thank you.